Today now, at the end of the Epiphany season, we're celebrating the presentation of Christ in the temple, another beginning event in Christ's life. We skip back again to his first few weeks, hearing again the story in St. Luke's Gospel when Mary and Joseph took the baby Jesus to be presented at the temple in Jerusalem. They were following the custom and the religion of their time as people of faith. The presentation of Christ is one of those key observations in the calendar of the Christian year, which has tended to slip out of sight in Western Christianity and more secular societies. People used to bring candles from home to the priest to be blessed as a sign of the celebration of Christ as the light to all people. And so the festival became known as Candle Mass. In a world without electric lighting and no street lighting, the primordial human relief at seeing the long darkness of northern hemisphere nights retreating as January turns into February was especially acute for most of the history of the Christian church. So it's no coincidence that this ancient festival of the light of Christ in the world comes as our mornings and evenings finally are getting lighter. So we've retained the gospel reading for the presentation of Christ in our services today. But we also continue with our own focus of reflecting about our giving to God through supporting the work of this, our own church. So on that basis, I'd like to concentrate our attention this morning on the very first part of the story, which we often zip over as we get into the main action. These are the verses at the beginning, verse 22, 23 and 24. Now, when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. What's going on here is that Mary and Joseph, 40 days after his birth, brought the baby Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem according to what is specified in the Jewish law. We read it in the books of Exodus and Leviticus. In order both to complete Mary's ritual purification after childbirth and also to perform the redemption of the firstborn son. As part of this ritual, they make a sacrifice, an offering to God of some of their wealth in the shape of livestock. For those who could afford it, a lamb was required. Mary and Joseph make the offering of doves or pigeons as permitted by those not wealthy enough to have a lamb to give. The priest received their offering as an offering to God, a sign which reaffirmed their right relationship with God. In a society in which there was no widespread, if any, understanding of the human body, other than what was able to be observed in everyday life, a mother giving birth was commonly in a zone of danger. Without any access to significant medical intervention, the common experience was that childbirth was a life-threatening event, or at the least an event in which the veil between life and death was very much thinner. It's been noted by anthropologists that in many human societies through history, anyone who has gone through a liminal experience of being close to the edge, especially of that line between life and death, is regarded as in need of a ritual reintegration into normal life afterwards. 
Many societies before access to urban centers and science-based facilities had traditional ways, in some places still do, of acknowledging and reaffirming the return of the new mother to normal life. You could say perhaps that the same sense of a need for new mothers to take some time out from their usual life, though for different reasons related to childcare, is reflected in modern provisions of maternity leave from employment. Whatever the psychological and social drivers of this custom, which had been written in the Jewish law, the spiritual purpose was to be at one with God after a momentous change in life, the birth of a child. We can surely assume that a large part of the spiritual significance for the parents of this ceremony and the offering they made was a sense of thankfulness to God for the gift of the child and for the mother's as well as the child's safe delivery through the danger zone of childbirth. In bringing their child to the temple where God was, the family are saying yes, they want the story of their lives and the new life for which they are now custodians to be part of God's story, to be blessed and guided by God. In that process, the offering back to God of some of the wealth they have received from God is part of that reaffirmation for them of their ongoing relationship and covenant with God. Today, so much of our life is based on exchange. The idea that we get what we pay for or as a return on what we invest. Though too often the investment return expected or demanded by investors is far more than is sustainable by the planet or by what fairness and justice for others less wealthy or powerful than the investors merits. But the wisest of our thinkers, writers and philosophers know that we cannot sustain our lives together as communities and societies purely by exchange, by getting only what we pay for or giving out only what we receive return or payment for. Life is a gift and we know this. Nature is a gift. Beauty and love and friendship are gifts. So much of what is worthwhile in life is based on its intrinsic value and enjoyment, not on any extrinsic returns of money or status that we'd receive by doing it. Where societies and communities squeeze out the opportunities for our common life to be sustained by giving and receiving, when the only incentive and motivation for doing anything is based on financial reward with no consideration of work-life balance or job satisfaction, then there is greater unhappiness and depression. This has been shown by the work of economists such as Richard Lord Layard. He shares the story of a researcher, Edward Deasy, who gave puzzles to two groups of students. One group he paid for each correct solution, the other he did not. After time was up, both groups were allowed to go on working. The unpaid group did much more further work due to their intrinsic interest in the exercise. But for the group that had been paid, the external motivation had reduced the internal motivation that would have otherwise existed. More recently, Michael Sandel, the philosopher I have spoken about before, talks about the negative effects when society's way of rewarding and valuing people is based on considerations of merit only. He has told the story of the kindergarten, that had a problem of parents arriving late to collect their children. They decided to impose fines for late collection. Unfortunately, 
As a result, late collections increased because the parents were happy to pay the fines rather than change their behavior. By trying to solve the problem through financial incentives, they destroyed the relationship with the parents with its possibility of fostering the giving and receiving of mutual help and consideration, which could have been the better solution and allowed the nursery staff to get home on time. The offering Mary and Joseph made at the temple was a gift. It was not a payment for goods received, even spiritual goods received. Rather, it was the tangible expression of valued relationships, maintaining the shared community with God and with the rest of their community. It was, if you like, similar to the way we give of our time and our resources to our family and friends and neighbors when we are being our best generous selves. In the Christian community, as a church here at All Saints, we are a community based upon giving. Each of us or each household who are a part of the community of the church, giving to maintain the shared life and work of this church. And giving, of course, includes both money and time and energy and skills. The giving in money we give is not a subscription to a club or a payment for goods received. As disciples of Christ and as co-members of the body of Christ, we give back from the gifts that God has given us. Mary and Joseph gave their offerings to God in thankfulness for all God's blessings, and specifically in their case, the gift of new life. They gave as part of the mutual relationship between them, their Lord, and their community. I believe they gave to God with joy and received from God with joy. May we learn from them.